0: Oh, wow. Listen to that crowd. It's all for Mickey Rourke. Or is it? Is it for me? Who knows? But welcome to another edition of Mickey Rourke Talk. My name is Shane A. Bassett, film critic, movie analyst, your host today. And my movie of discussion is one not too many people have heard of. Have you? Have you seen Eureka? From 1983, I was uh, throwing the movie around, not literally, but asking some colleagues of mine if they've seen Eureka or know of it, and uh, only one person out of several had even heard of it. Nobody had seen it, including myself, and I'll get into that. I watched it for the first time to record this podcast. I've since seen it twice, and it is interesting. It has a great cast. All these people pop up in it. I knew Rutger Hauer was in it. I knew Gene Hackman was in it. I forgot, or did not know, Ed Lauter was in it. And uh, Joe Pesci and Mickey Rourke, they actually share most of the scenes together in this film, which is also interesting. All right, so without much further ado, let's get into... Eureka It's one of the greats June of "Turn Me Loose" by Loverboy, and "Turn Me Loose" is appropriate because the uh, character of Jack McCann, played by Gene Hackman, really lets loose during this film. Uh, it's quite dramatic, it's erotic, it's unusual. A lot of happening in this movie. Eureka uh, set. Well, it starts in around 1925. Uh, We see this prospector. He's in in the Arctic Circle. And you know what? He has been looking for gold for a very long time, this guy. Jack McCann. And you see Gene Hackman in actual snow. In actual, like, snowstorms and mountains. And I do believe that this shoot must have been very, very hard. Well, this particular scene anyway. And a lot of it is on location. And I love that because you watch... The cinematography in this. It's fantastic. It's glorious. It's uh, mostly snowy landscapes and then it moves into a tropical location. Alex Thompson, he was responsible for it. He's the cinematographer and he made movies like uh, Legend. He shot Kenneth Branner's Hamlet back in 96. He did another Mickey Rourke film called Year of the Dragon, which if you remember the cinematography on that and you can go back to a previous Mickey Rourke talk episode and hear all about year of the dragon and my opinion on it. He also did something that many, many, well, unless you're into retro films, you might not know it date with an angel. He was the cinematographer on that, but Alex Thompson is responsible for this glorious, beautiful landscape. And it starts, like I said, with Gene Hackman's character, Struggling to get through the snow, and what happens is he literally falls into a mass of gold. Finds gold, discovers it, becomes rich, and does it make him go a bit nuts? Well, that's what the story's about: a journey of a gentleman who is a bit rough around the edges, but when he becomes rich after striking gold. It follows his 20 year progress into madness, basically. And it's an obsession of a journey. This, this rich man, he went crazy. In a sense, he was already a little bit offbeat. And that's what this movie explores. And how does it explore it? In a very obscure way, because it is directed by Nicholas Rogue, who's a director that I had very little time for when I was growing up. And that's because I guess I was too young to appreciate his movies. You think of stuff that he's done, including Don't Look Now and The Man Who Fell to Earth. I would have been way too young to enjoy those when they were on VHS or whatever. I don't even think I saw them. Insignificance, I did remember seeing that in the 80s. It was okay, and I just didn't get it. But I'm watching all his movies now as like a retrospective. After watching Eureka, and I appreciate him, really do. But Nicholas Rogue, strange director, but responsible for strange movies too, which is a good thing. Think in particular, Castaway from 1986, not the Tom Hanks and Wilson Oscar winner, but the Oliver Reed, Amanda Donahue uh, Desert Island epic, somewhat love story adventure. Check out that Castaway if you get a chance. As mentioned, he did The Man Who Felt Worth, the 1976 David Bowie oddity, no pun intended. Also responsible for The Witches, he directed that 1990 freaky adaptation of Roald Dahl's classic. Uh, So many other peculiar films, and it works here too for Eureka, and I think maybe that's why it wasn't a huge hit. It was released in 1985, but filmed and in the can, In 1983, it must have just been a limited release, or it didn't go anywhere, I'm not sure, because I remember it on VHS, sitting there, collecting dust in the video shop, nobody would hire it, unless you're a real true Gene Hackman fan, and it didn't really look like an action movie, it didn't, it sort of said there was a sweeping adventure involved if you read the box at the back in the synopsis, but you never trusted too many of those VHS synopsises when you rented them, you went by the front cover. To other men, it was the end of the world. To Jack McCann, it was the end of the rainbow. You didn't earn the gold, Jack. You took it from nature. You raped the earth. I found it. <laughs> the true story of a man richer than Getty, stranger than Hughes. This is only a man. A man is made up of desires. Understand his desires, you understand the man. Freedom! <laughs> Richest man, he must sign. Because we have to build. There's no deal with Jack McCann. A little secret's check, aren't you? No, no, no. I'm an open book. Cut me and I bleed just like anyone else. Murder! Murder! Jack McCann! Had <laughs> another man's sweat! Jack McCann is a dinosaur, Aurelio. Really. And everyone knows what happened to dinosaurs. There is no last will and tesla for Jack McCann. Where I come from, you don't own a thing. What you can do is take your claim. There's a little bit of the trailer of Eureka. Something that... Um I guess you can get a little bit of vibe out of that audio, but you need to see the movie to really feel and be inflicted by the pain and suffering that is going on, not just with the Jack McCann character on the inside, but the people around him that are suffering with him, basically, or do they just want his money, including family members? That is where the intrigue sets in. Uh, You know what? Mickey Rourke is not a main character in this. He only pops up into it here and there. It's still quite early in his career. Uh, he is sixth billed in the credits and the background character he plays, Aurelio, is interesting. He's sort of an in an under-the-radar under performance. Uh, he's very low-key. He's opulent throughout it and Mickey Rourke is definitely different he's wearing these little glasses in it dressed in nice suits he certainly looks to me as if he's an actor who could have played a much bigger role he was keen he was looking around in certain scenes there's so many cool actors that are around him and you can watch mickey vibing off them uh while he's doing his own thing as well he really does especially as i said opposite his scene partner in joe pesci works it just perfectly those scenes Uh, We first see Mickey uh, enter the film in around the 33rd minute I think I took notes of and he was wearing this dark suit, those glasses I was talking about. Yes, he is smoking and, uh, you know, it's funny because during this scene with Joe Pesci, the first time you lay eyes on Mickey Rourke, it establishes that these two mean business. Intensely talking to each other in solid dialogue and looking into each other's eyes. And then, to top it all off, in this cool opening scene, Mickey's character, Aurelius, shows politeness. He stands up. He greets this lovely woman who enters the room. Her name is Esther. And the actor is Suzette Collins. Now, I find this interesting, that this happens to be her only film. Wow. Wow. Her only film appearance was walking in in a beautiful moment and Mickey Rourke stands up, Joe Pesci's locked eyes on her as well and it's just an amazing moment for Suzette Collins. It's a shame she did no more movies. How about that? Okay, the costumes. Well, it's an interesting period piece this and it goes through a couple of different eras and different uh, you could say demographics of age groups in the film, as well as locations, hot and cold. So the assortments here, all worn by the actors, are designed by Marit Allen. Now, she dressed, if you didn't know, the cast of Little Shop of Horrors, the 1986 remake, of course, uh, Mermaids. Now, there were some really good costumes in that. 1990 film with uh, Bob Hoskins, Christina Ritchie, sure. So yeah, Marit Allen done some good films and Duty Rotten Scoundrels. Think of those suits and those beautiful south of France extras and people in that movie. Wow. And then Eyes Wide Shut, Marit was also responsible for the last Kubrick film. Which featured some really wicked ensembles. Loved it. You think about some of the things that Tom and Nicole were wearing in that and the masks and different things in that part of the movie. Wonderful, wonderful memories of Eyes Wide Shut. So, some of the clothes that uh, Mickey wears in Eureka are very unusual, but most of them are kind of spot on for the period. Uh, He wears a tan suit, a blue shirt and a tie at one point. He's got sunnies with this uh, dark glass part that you clip down over your normal glasses. Now, if you remember Angel Heart... Harry Angel, his character in that film, well, he did the same thing. When he was at the beach in that scene in Angel Heart, he had sunnies and they were flicked down with the the dark part over so you could flick them up and down and you didn't have to swap sunnies. And they, you know, they they were interchangeable. But manually, yes, now the lenses do it on their own. When you walk into a room, normal, and you walk out of a room into the sun, It's glasses go dark, you know, people can wear those. I don't particularly like them myself, but uh, yeah, interchangeable glasses here, but the old school way in Eureka. Uh, Mickey also wears a yellow raincoat in a certain scene where he's on a boat and it's pouring rain and there's all this action stuff happening and dramatics. I don't think I've ever seen from memory Mickey wear a raincoat in general in any film, so that is quite significant. The moment Jack McCann discovered gold, he died. And that moment lasted a lifetime. Rita Summers! Gene Hackman, Rutger Hauer, Teresa Russell, Mickey Rourke, Joe Pesci in a Nicholas Rogue film, Eureka! Uh, Yes, indeed. Now, some of Mickey's co-stars, you just heard their names, and they're all of high calibre. Let's start with Gene Hackman. Well, he is Jack McCann. Bonnie and Clyde would definitely be the first movie that comes to mind for me when someone says Gene Hackman. Of course, Loose Cannons is a close second. The 1990 comedy, nobody seems to like but me. I also like Unforgiven. Well, who doesn't? You know, it's one of Clint Eastwood's prime, more modern westerns. Well, when I say modern, he made it in the 90s, as opposed to some of the spaghetti westerns he made back in the 60s. Well, other westerns in the 70s, and of course, Pale Rider was in the 80s. Uh, Think of Crimson Tide, you think of Gene Hackman, you think of Denzel Washington, you think of Quentin Tarantino writing some of the script. Yeah, and a Tony Scott movie that was. Gene Hackman is brilliant in Crimson Tide. He's brilliant in pretty much everything, and in Eureka, uh, it's, it's a really obscure, different role, but it works. And it's uh, Gene Hackman, so you know it's it's just a Hollywood legend. Ed Lauter is in this movie now. Ed Lauter is one of those characters you know his face. I certainly know his name because I that's my thing. I just know actors' names from movies and and television shows and what. What not? He plays Charles in this. Now, although it's a little bit ironic here and only just thought of it, he has appeared in a lot of Charles Bronson movies. But Ed Lauder comes to mind when I think of Youngblood. He's the coach in that ice hockey classic with Rob Lowe. Ed Lauder was also in Cujo. He was in Wagons East with John Candy. He was in Lasseter with Jane Seymour and Tom Selleck. He was in Miami Vice, the television show, like so many other cool actors were. Ed Lauder was in The Artist, Oscar winner from 2011. And Ed Lauder was in Not Another Teen Movie, the 2001 parody of 80s and 90s teen movies. Ed Lauder as Charles, you'll know who he is as soon as he pops up on screen. Rutger Hauer. The late Rutger Hauer, he plays Claude, the husband of Jack's daughter, actually. And we'll get into Jack's daughter in just a moment. Teresa Russell played Tracy in that. But Claude is an actor and Rutger Hauer plays him quite well. He could be uh, serious. He could be a little bit offbeat. He could be uh, a backstabber. It's hard to tell. Did he just marry into the family for the money? Uh, I I don't know, it's hard to gauge his personality and that is because Rutger Hauer is such a brilliant actor. They're all really good in this movie. His character is alarming with hidden secrets and with Rutger, well, it just works again. I like the fact that Rutger Hauer, you think of Lady Hawk, you think of Wedlock, you think of Blade Runner, you know, movies like that. It's all Rutger Hauer, but he's been in so many, too many to name. He did appear with, uh, well, actually not with, but he was in a Mickey Rourke movie, Sin City. So there is a link right there, Sin City from 2005. If you go back to a previous episode of Mickey Rourke Talk, uh, you'll hear my little bit of opinion on that movie. More of the cast includes Teresa Russell as Tracy, the wife of Claude. Now, she's so wonderful. Anyway, she was married to Nicholas Rogue, the director. But I think Teresa Russell has maybe given up acting as well now. I'm not entirely sure. But if you think about her career, I actually think she should have got an Academy Award nomination. She was overlooked for a performance in a movie called Whore, 1991 and... I'm going to use the word wonderful. I'm going to use the word extreme, but it was a basically a classy yet unclassy performance horror from 1991, which has since recently come out on Blu-ray restored. So check it out. Also, Wild Things. Teresa Russell was in that Black Widow. There are um, these aren't Nicholas Rogue films. She did appear in her husband's movies, but non Nicholas Rogue films. Wild Things and Black Widow also highly recommended, starring Teresa Russell. And, uh, well, Razor's Edge, from 1984, the Bill Murray movie that flopped, that he wanted to do as part of a deal with Columbia Pictures. The link is Bill Murray was also in Wild Things. There you go. Oh, boy. It's hard to talk about this movie without mentioning Joe Pesci. He plays... I hope I'm saying his name right, Mayakovsky. And like Mickey Rourke, he drops in and out of this movie. He's not in it a whole lot, and they appear together most of the time. I will not go through a whole list of Joe Pesci's movies because he's a superior actor and he's just ruthless when he wants to be. Think Goodfellas He's hilarious when he wants to be. Think Lethal Weapon and Home Alone. But I also loved him in Raging Bull. Oh, solid. My Cousin Vinny. Yes, my Cousin Vinny, he was hilarious in. And another comedy, which uh, you may or may not know, from 1991, called The Super, where he plays this really evil superintendent of a building that's falling apart. Good comedy. Have a look at Joe Pesci in that. Well, that is about it when it comes to actors. There's also Jo Spinell, uh, Jane LaPater, she pops up in this movie, uh, and I, like, I know her from Princess, uh, as Princess Mary in Lady Jane, the Helena Bonham Carter and Kerry Elwes film from 1986. Jane LaPater is in this, and not in it for long, but she's pretty good. And I do believe that she also will just command your attention the minute she comes on screen. You'll know exactly who she is when she pops up. I'm pleased you came, Mr. McCann. This document needs your signature. God yeah, I forgot my pen. Come on, I beg you to see reason, Mr. McCann. Call me Jack. I see reason. I see reason everywhere. I call it greed. What a pity. Yeah, well, that's a tiny moment uh, where Gene Hackman and Mickey Rourke are in the pouring rain and there's a signature that needs to be done, but there's no way Jack McCann is going to do it and uh Aurelius is like, oh, what am I going to do? He's a little bit nervous. He's a little bit quiet. But then things spiral out of control just a few moments later. I'm not going to give anything away if I haven't already. Uh, I mentioned before about Marit Allen's uh, costuming, and I just needed to take note and let you know of the costumes of Teresa Russell in this are unforgettable, what she wears. She's dressed as Cleopatra in one point in this sex scene Uh, And it's a weird one, but it works again and quite a momentous part of the film. And there's also, because there's a bit of a few courtroom dramatics towards the end of the movie and you see her wearing this business style shirt and tie and she pulls it off. Like, think of, uh, I, I guess you can talk about a whole lot of range of different actors that look great in men's clothes in men's clothes and I don't think there's a problem with that at all because, honestly, all clothes should be worn by all people and there's a moment where I think Teresa Russell just looks superb and I'd wear her clothes is the point I'm trying to make. To wrap it all up, is Mickey good in this role? Well, you bet he was. Short, sweet, to the point – it was the year before the pope of greenwich village and it was a year after diner so you know in between two pretty significant movies in his career that eureka fell although i don't think as i mentioned earlier eureka was released straight away because people may have not even heard of it for many years until they decided to release it mgm that is and ua United Artists, which is cool, was good, cool to see the logos of those two movie con- conglomerates before the film started. Could Mickey have played any other character? Well, possibly the Rutger how a husband role? I think Mickey could have been astonishing in that because there would have been, meant more scenes. Now, I'm not sure the classification of this movie. I think an R would not be a surprise. It's violent, you see, you see someone shooting themselves in the head, you see a whole lot of different um, things that are kind of, you need to turn away from, I felt, during some bits. In particular, a, I guess you could call it a voodoo scene, and there was live snakes and an, an orgy happening, you didn't know what to look, where to look in this, it was weird. And Mr. Rogue, Nicholas Rogue, here he is again. He doesn't appeal to me, not because he throws in these weird scenes, but because I didn't need to look at real snakes wrapped around naked bodies, and drums beating, feet stomping. And it was an insignificant sequence as far as I'm concerned. Could have been cut completely out of the movie. What are your thoughts? When you watch it, let me know. Nicholas Rogue, final word on him. He's overrated. He did walk about an Australian film that was rammed down my throat in high school. So that put me off for life, basically. What can I say to finish off my ideals about Eureka? Is it worth watching? Well, if you want to see Gene Hackman, he's perfect in this performance. It's over-the-top goodness. Jack McCann goes berserk. That's a control crazy with the more money he makes. And Hackman just goes wild in this convincing manner. He's like this bizarre father to his open-minded daughter. That has a odd relationship as that pans out too. You'll see what I mean. But for Mickey fans, yeah, this is definitely worth watching. It's not like 1941 where you only see his face and side profile don't hear him speak you actually hear mickey act speak walk talk and do some good good things let's hope you get a chance to watch eureka and you can let me know what your thoughts are if you can find it i have two copies of the dvd a region one a region four and both have nothing on them they're vanilla one might have a trailer on it but that is it very under known this film is probably the best way to put it extremely interesting and you're not going to watch it and then watch it again immediately. It's not one of those kind of movies, but it also has a performance from Jack McCann's alter ego, (laughs) Gene Hackman. What a movie. Oh, what a movie on location too. And a descent into somewhat madness. All right. Thank you very much for joining me on Mickey Rock Talk. My name is Shane A. Bassett. You can find me on social media at movie underscore analyst. You can also email me, shaneadambassett at gmail.com. Drop me a line on your favourite Mickey Rock movies or whatever you like. I'll be seeing you soon. Or well, your ears will be hearing me soon. Until next time, long live Mickey Rock.